Empower. Расширять возможности. Empowerment. Coexistion. Ampoternity. Autonomisation. A podcast of inspiring stories on women empowerment. Empower. Welcome to the Empower podcast from the Swiss Agency for Development Cooperation, STC, where we will be getting to know thought leaders from our programs, offices, and partners pushing for more women economic empowerment. I'm your host, Selina Haney, Policy Advisor at STC. We have various guidance papers on how to push for the empowerment of women in our programs and indicators on how to measure it. But we rarely listen to the people on the ground making it happen and sharing their insight. We want to feature inspiring persons out there with insightful stories and what they have learned along the way in this particular podcast. In this podcast, our guest is Peter Siddler, head of the domain Employment and Income in the Swiss Embassy in Tanzania. We will talk about including gender in a tender process, what is important for tendering and how you can win one. Peter, thank you for joining me here in our podcast, Empower. The past month, you were very busy setting up a new exciting project, I heard. And maybe you can tell us more on what is the making or what is in the making, or is it a secret you cannot share? It is obviously not a secret. And hello to you and everybody who's listening to that podcast. Um, yes, we are trying to set up a, a catalytic fund where we're trying to support young entrepreneurs here in Tanzania to grow their businesses. Obviously, not just any business, but businesses with a social impact, be it for all the people working within these uh, enterprises, but also for the customers of these products. That means we aim mainly to support businesses which have a social impact through their products, for example, uh, meeting the health needs of rural poor Tanzanians. And we have different features that we try to work into that program. But yeah, basically the idea is indeed to support young Tanzanians to grow their successful small businesses to become not that small anymore, but successful and bigger to grow and employ further people and benefit also customers through their products. Great. Um, so the way you um, approached the tendering process was really inspiring me and actually the reason why I invited you to join us for this podcast. Um, right from the beginning, you, you invited me as the gender focal point to be part of the selection board. And um, actually, I think I even took a look at the terms of reference. Um, so why, why did you think of that? Why did you arrive um, at, at this idea? Well, maybe I have to go one step backward first. Um, when we had this idea, actually, to come up with such a, a program, of course, we, we, we had a lot of discussions here in the, in the embassy, in the team, and, and we discussed forwards and back, okay, what do we really have to, to look at? And it started then with making analysis or taking analysis here in, in Tanzania, what is really, what are the needs, what, are, what is the situation out there, etc. And then when we came closer and also went to the entry proposal uh, to basically start in this idea, of course, it was clear we have to better understand the context 
context overall for the startups, for the young entrepreneurs, for the needs of the people, customers, etc. But definitely also to much better understand the gender dynamics which play into the game here. And of course, there are many of them. So we also conducted a gender study that looked at the overall uh, innovation entrepreneurship context in Tanzania and the different gender dynamics it has. And of course, there's a lot of elements which came in there. For example, uh, to name obvious ones, we have here some, some hurdles which, which are different for the different gender, for example. Um, customary practices lead to a lack of women's access to uh, financial services. For example, while you had the statutory law which would grant women the same right to own land on in, or inherit land, and land can be used as a collateral to obtain credits, in practice, obviously, often the, the social norms here actually do undermine uh, this, this, uh, this uh, equal rights provision in the sense that then women often face more hurdles to access financial services at an early stage for their businesses, which means in, uh, yeah, that uh, translates into more difficulties to set up a business for young women than for young men. On the other mm -hmm. hand, young men also obviously face some hurdles which maybe women don't face. Um, mm -hmm. For example, young successful uh, entrepreneurs here in Tanzania, we have seen when they want to get married, uh, they usually, uh, the traditional norms here, uh, bring in uh, the, the fact that they would have to pay a price to the parents of their future wives. Mm. And the price, if they are successful in, with the business, usually the parents of, of, of the future wife would ask for a much higher price. So young men then face the challenge that either they would uh, reinvest the money that they make with their business into the business, or they would use it to pay this price. So that's mm -hmm. obviously then a problem if they want to grow their business. So you have different elements of these gender norms for both gender, but obviously overall, we can also see there's more hurdles for young uh, women in Tanzania to start uh, a business and, and, and let it grow. Mm -hmm. And so we try to better understand all these different dynamics and we realized there's a lot around that. So it was clear to us with whomever we would ever partner then in this uh, fund idea, that these partners also have to be very sensitive in terms of the gender lens, that they have to apply it from the planning stage and then to the implementation stage, that they have to incorporate that in all different uh, steps. And for that, it was clear uh, we need to already include that in, in our call for concepts or call mm -hmm. for proposal, as you can call it, in order that we really could also eventually identify partners which have a sensorium, which are sensitive, and which try to incorporate that uh, throughout the program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, that you know, it was really a best best practice because usually, um, when I come into the picture, um, a project is already set up. So I was really somehow also surprised <laughs> that someone has thought of. Um, uh inviting the gender focal point already within a tendering process so you know you now elaborated on on why you also wanted to understand the context better uh, what are the issues in order to really design the, the fund in such a way that it reaches everyone in in tanzania but was there a particular point in your career maybe even you know how how you 
came to the idea of, first of all, doing such a gender analysis, and then second of all, of thinking of um, having the gender focal point um, within the tendering process um, along or on, on board of the tendering process. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> say there was a particular particular element which which would brought us to that point, but as we all know, and yes, and I'm sure we all have seen that in different programs, whenever you have a project, a program being implemented, there are so many different aspects that have an impact on the success of a program. So of course, it is very important for any project to uh, understand the context in which we operate as, 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 as good as possible in order to adapt and adjust the, the steering and the design of the project uh, in the best possible way. So it's not only gender, but all the other elements as well, which we have to try to understand better in order to design uh, the intervention in the mm -hmm. most meaningful way. But so for us, it was clear gender comes in strongly here. So of course, that is a relevant context element. And that's why we looked and included gender in our analysis, not only gender, but gender definitely as well. Mm. Um, in addition, then, why would we have included you? Um, uh, that was also quite uh, evident for us, because the fact is, and we have seen that we were confirmed on that thinking, but whenever we then receive through this call for a proposal, different concepts, they all, because we explicitly asked for the gender lens and how they would apply it, they all, of course, put forward ideas and approaches how they would take that into account. But it is not that super simple to then really assess which of these approaches really make sense and which ones are more robust and more meaningful. So for us, it was also important to have you on board on, in that exercise when we reviewed the different concepts. Uh, and it was interesting, you remember uh, our discussion sometimes, the different people who were involved had different readings from the different concepts. Some thought, ah, oh, that is very robust. Well, maybe another colleague said, ah, oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's more of a lip kind of uh, uh, balsam, whatever, but not necessarily very robust. So I think it was very useful to have your experience, your expertise coming in there, which complemented our views, our analysis. And it also helped us to then go back to the different partners to again, ask the right questions on their approach. And then we could actually see quite fast also that the different gender lens approaches as they've uh, uh, put them forward were not necessarily that deeply rooted. Um, so it was then also quite fast, quite evident which ones were stronger in this sense already or further developed, Absolutely. evolved already. And uh, yeah, so it was a very interesting exercise and a lot of learning for us as well. Yeah, can um, I, I likewise very much agree with with the exchanges that was very fruitful and the different let the different lenses that we had within the selection committee um can you maybe share something with us what you what you learned um when you took a look first at the proposals and the way gender was integrated what were some key differences the key differences i would say well there's as many approaches as we received, as many, well, they were all so different in nature. Of course, you have common features, which, which came through in many of the approaches. But what was certainly interesting is that the angle on, for which, like, they looked at the lens, they, are, they were different. While some of them, for example, 
focus more on the products itself that for example a product is a, is a product which is uh, relevant for let's say young poor uh, Tanzanian women others were more looking at the company itself for example whether the company is owned by women or co-owned by women uh, or men or others look more at the leadership whether there is like different genders are both represented there or in their staff the employment uh, composition whether the different uh, gender were both uh, or all represented there so there's different elements to look at and it also was interesting the way how the different uh, approaches were presented in a way how they would uh, measure them how let's say gender sensitive a business is but also then what was very interesting is, of course, since we are talking here to also uh, invest in these companies, the different approaches that, uh, that we have seen in the way how, how gender equality should come through in the investment portfolio and how to, for example, work with the companies. Is it more a measure at the beginning and then you decide, okay, these, these companies are good and we select them and then you just invest or would you accompany these, these uh, growing businesses on their way to even maybe become stronger uh, over time in terms of gender equality mm. uh, uh, approaches. So there were different elements and angles from where to to uh, yeah to address the topic and uh, yeah. So it was definitely interesting, and I think what came out strongly as well is even from the investor side, there's a lot of unknown still there, or let's say there are a lot of learnings from 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 the parties. For example, the the ones we now work with, uh, for them it's very clear, or they are very active in, together with other investors as well, in in conducting research to better understand also the whole gender lens uh, application in investment area and in their growing business area. So definitely, uh, it's not that we we know already the best approaches, etc. But we are still in the learning curve, and we want to also incorporate that in our future program that we can learn and improve over time which will then also benefit again these investors we work with now so that they in the future can also have stronger approaches in this regard. Mm. So even the winner doesn't have the silver bullet, I hear. <laughs> I but maybe you no, can I would share... Say like the, winner, the winner are already quite good, but yeah, not exactly. yet. I mean, I think, yeah, they also yeah. have to further improve as we, as we do as well. Exactly. But I, I'm sure all the, the listeners um uh are very curious to learn why did they win so they can win the next uh, tender process on women economic empowerment so maybe you can share um what 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 was the decision what made them win why um were there they a notch better in terms of women economic empowerment yeah well first uh, we should also do underline that we haven't yet signed any agreement uh, with anyone mm -hmm. but definitely reasons for why they have won were also linked to gender approach gender mainstreaming but not only but when it comes to gender definitely they were the most robust in taking a kind of a holistic approach from the identification of the pipeline where they looked at these uh, businesses in in a way that yeah for, from entrepreneurship kind of like the level of who owns it, uh, who is the founder, etc., all the way through the current leadership, plans in the leadership, in the management of these 
uh, SMEs in the in the in the staffing, uh, mm -hmm. but also in the product. That also the product is relevant. Um, uh, and one, one step back in the staffing, of course, not just the composition, but that issues like equal pay, etc. Uh, the way how, for example, also like in context of rural uh, enterprises here that where you we see a lot of very young uh, women uh, being mothers uh, mm -hmm. that they can also uh, incorporate their family needs uh, into still being able to work for these companies, all these elements. But then, yeah, consumption, the product itself that is uh, is a product which is also interesting and relevant for both genders but also the willingness that they really showed that they these uh companies that they work with that they will accompany them and strengthen them through also technical assistance to further enhance their their gender lenses and enterprise mm. uh, uh that was interesting and of course in the investment element our investment vehicles which we will apply the instruments as such we also try to have them as uh, gender sensitive and impact linked, mm. meaning that the different instruments which we will apply for investment do actually further incentivize uh, these enterprises to have a, as much of a social impact, not only when it comes to in ter terms of gender mainstreaming, et cetera, but also in terms of other social impact, environmental impact, et cetera. Mm. Mm -hmm. now looking looking back um at your i would say rather successful tendering process even though you have not yet <laughs> contract ready um and we will still have to wait for the impact created of course um through this fund but looking back what are you paying close attention to within the next tendering process and why do you think it was important um, to include gender equality right from the beginning? What I would definitely advise everyone is to take enough time. Um, because, yeah, you will not manage to have these things put in place in a meaningful, robust manner, design it uh, as, as good as we can design it if you take time, if you wouldn't take the time. So you need time. And then I would definitely start again with trying to first analyze your local context in which you want to set up uh, uh, such endeavor and 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 this assessment analysis i think needs to be done really with the the, the resources appropriate i mean of course there's no like it's not rocket science so i cannot say how many how many months you need for that but the the assessment of the of the local situation i think is very relevant uh from the policy environment from the cultural elements from the private sector for example that you work in the, the sectors etc um so i would definitely start there and do that very very solid and only after that i would even start with drafting a call for proposal uh, and I would definitely include there uh, the different elements um, from the social impact, uh, from also environmental uh, consideration, but definitely gender mainstreaming needs to be there. And then also, uh, yeah, kind of consult that proposal with colleagues who have worked uh, on, on, on similar initiatives. Also, we, we benefited from colleagues who have worked on, on similar endeavors, for example, in the offices in Bangladesh or in Serbia, this was very, very meaningful for us. So the exchange with peers 
is very useful. And from the SEP at HQ, we have received a lot of good guidance as well. So this exchange with peers is very, very useful and helpful to then also draft the, the call for proposal. And the call for proposal, I think it is very relevant. But before we even, uh, but it was more with the assessment of the current uh, context here in Tanzania, of course, also the more you know about your context, the better you kind of can formulate the, the call for proposal because you can keep it very broad and open, which can also be interesting, especially if it's more like you want to gather ideas and then you take it from there for a co-creation process, for example. But if you know it very well already, you may already um, be a bit more specific in your call for proposal to then really get what you want. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of questions coming in there, for example, which sectors, which, uh, which uh, ticket sizes for entrepreneurs you would want to have, etc. Where is a niche where we can come in? I mean, in most of the countries, you have a lot of different initiatives going on. Uh, so here we really saw where we wish to come in and then we try to formulate uh, that uh, call there but yes also for the call formulation include colleagues peers um, I think that helps to make it more robust which will then make your life also easier once you have received all these this, uh, many uh, hopefully many uh, proposals and concepts and then definitely for the for the for the evaluation of the different concepts that you receive have a panel broad, ideally not only from your office, but include other colleagues. Uh, it's interesting learning, I think, for everyone which, who is included, but also it helps you to take the decisions and, and to make the choices, which are at times, of course, not very easy to take. Couldn't agree more. Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing, Peter. Um, thank you for joining us here today and um, take, taking the time to share your insights. Thank you so much. This podcast was produced as a collaboration of the GenderNet and the Inclusive Economic Development Team of the Swiss Agency for Development and Cooperation. For more information, visit www.shareweb.ch slash site slash gender or slash EI. Empower. A podcast of inspiring stories on women empowerment. Empower.